Welcome to Dyslexic Life with Joe Reese, the podcast, week seven. Can't even believe that I'm recording a seventh episode, but anyway, I am. How is everyone? Um, do you know what? I recorded that last week and then I was like, should it be how are everyone? How are you all? How is everyone? It's those sorts of things that I replay in my head to check that my grammar is correct because I'm aware that dyslexia sometimes makes that tricky. But anyway, I'm pretty sure we are, we are, how is everyone? I hope you've had a good week. Um, weather here, surprise, surprise, is torrential rain. Again, today we're now, in case you're listening to this at a later date, we are now on around the, um, 9th of November, I believe I'm recording this. Um, the Christmas adverts are appearing on the television, which I can't lie, makes me a little bit anxious as a dyslexic person because I'm really not very good at being organised for Christmas. And my reason for that, it's taken me a lot of unpicking over the time, but I realise it's because it's just so much extra strain on working memory. It's so many more things that need to be fitted in there's a lack of routine there's like extra things that need to be fit fitted in school carol concerts kind of that sort of stuff there's always extra mufty days um and then of course you have to kind of get the presents and write the cards or no not that we do write the cards anymore but it is I don't know I just find all of that extra organization just massively overwhelming every year I say I should practice what I preach and be organized and chip away and do a little bit every week but I can pretty much guarantee guys I'll be recording this the week before Christmas and literally will be saying haven't bought a single present yet because that's what happens every year anyway what has happened this week in my dyslexic life well Firstly, let's talk about the procrastination. If you were listening a few weeks ago, you'll know that I said I was putting off um, deciding on the title for my talk for Dyslexia Show 2024. Um, and I made a promise that I would sort it out for you by the following week, you know, make myself accountable. Anyway, can't lie, didn't meet last week's deadline. However, I have met this week's deadline and I will be announcing the title of my talk for the Dyslexia Show 2024 next week on social media and I'll also tell you what it is in the um, podcast next week as well. Um, so yeah, exciting times. Um, the other thing, well, so I've so I've ticked that box, I've, part, I've, I've now kind of parked that filled in all of that information. So my next procrastination, because again, as I explained before, we procrastinate as dyslexics when something is a bit different and it needs more thinking power um, because we have to be in the right frame of mind to do that thinking. Um, my next procrastination is I recorded um, a short podcast episode with Darren Clark a few weeks ago. It's a new podcast called SEN in 10. And I've been emailed the release paperwork from that. Haven't even opened the email yet. I've just parked it, but I need to sort that out. And the other thing is, is I'm a governor at a local primary school. Um, I'm the SEN governor there. I've been a, a governor there for eight years. Well, basically, my DBS needs updating because um, it has to be updated every four years or whatever. And they've sent me through the paperwork for that. And that's also sat in my inbox and has been for 10 days procrastinating because, again, that requires me to locate things such as paperwork, 
um, passports, ID. It requires me to send emails to people to get references. There's actually quite a lot of processes involved in that. So yeah, so I'm just, I've parked that for a moment because I just can't get my head around it. Um, what I have managed to do this week is have a really productive week with my reports because actually I've been very focused with that. I don't know if it was in the podcast or in a TikTok last week, but I talked about strategies sometimes when I find it really difficult to get started. Um, I can't remember if I talked about it in the podcast, so apologies if I did, but sometimes when it's diff- when we feel really overwhelmed and we've got lots to do, it's difficult to know where to get started. So I shared some of my tips about literally kind of picking the thing that finds the easiest to kind of get going with, setting an alarm and giving yourself like five or 10 minutes solidly kind of working on that thing when you're not allowed to do anything else. Um, And it's amazing how you kind of get into it. So I've been applying all of those strategies this week and have done a really good job at clearing quite a lot of my reports, actually. So that's really good. Um, I think I've said before on here that my son is currently on a gap year in Australia, living his best life. So um, he has got severe dyslexia. And I have kind of talked about that in the past, but he manages it really, really well um, because we've known from a really young age. So I've managed to kind of really empower him to be in control of it. But interestingly, he has sent us our Christmas presents. He has been organised. Clearly, he doesn't take after his mother from that point of view. Um, And he's already sent his Christmas presents back to the UK. We haven't received them yet, but he sent them. He's parked that. Um, he sent them, but he shared that he had a bit of a moment in the post office. He said he relies mostly on typing or using um, speech to to text. He doesn't very often handwrite because his handwriting is not great. But also, he just finds it very his he it's almost like you put a pen in his hand and he stops it stops his brain from thinking and I've assessed lots of young people like that where they can talk but you put the pen in that in their hand and that's almost one cognitive process too far that kind of stops them then from being able to think about what they need to kind of say or do anyway basically in the post office he had to fill in paperwork he had to write a home address down he had to write his school address down and he said there was like a big cube behind him and he said like I felt really under pressure and he said I just became so flustered he said I couldn't remember how to spell anything um he said yeah he said it was a really horrible moment but anyway he said hopefully it will get to you when I've put the address and everything on right and I said to him well could you not have like taken the forms away and like filled it in at home and bought it back and he said no he said it all needs to be filled in in front of somebody so I thought that was quite interesting that really isn't very dyslexic friendly because we know that kind of having to write and do things under pressure kind of is is very stressful but I thought I'd just share that with you in case anybody else has experienced kind of that horrible feeling of having to write or do a process in front of somebody with kind of quite simple what feels like quite simple information but the anxiety and the pressure and the stress kind of means that you almost forget what it is you need to do and on that I've done a post this week and I've been talking a lot this week about how I don't believe that dyslexia is invisible so before we have kind of talked about dyslexia being an invisible learning difference and I think I kind of had a bit of a realization it's only invisible if you don't know what to look for 
And I feel like that's the issue is people are not really aware of what dyslexia really is. Like they're still looking for reversing B's and D's and low attainment in reading and spelling. And it can be that, but it isn't really that. Like it's so much more than that. And actually what makes it invisible is when people don't understand what they're looking for or when people are perhaps ignorant to it or don't want to know kind of what they're looking for. Because actually, once we understand what dyslexia is, it is literally written all over somebody's actions. Forgive the pun. The irony is not lost on me. Like, you know, and if you look, go back and you unpick that um, situation that I've just told you about with my son, you know, we're asking somebody to do literacy skill in front of somebody and they almost like fall to pieces. Whereas actually in everyday life, he's super confident in conversation. You know, he's an amazing problem solver. So actually it's not necessarily, it's visible in how people approach things and in people's actions. You know, some of the things I might look for, you know, you get people that are really verbally able, but you ask them a question and they almost freeze on the spot because they can't think quickly because their processing is slower. Um, You'll get kids you know, at at clubs outside of school that won't necessarily listen to the verbal or auditory instruction because that will overload them, but they'll be watching and looking all the time. So it's almost like they're on the edge, on high alert, on fight or flight, kind of looking and watching all the time. They'll be a little bit behind peers because they'll kind of watch what's going on in order um, to be able to know what they're doing. We don't necessarily always process the language. We rely a lot on on modelling, on kind of watching things be modelled to us and kind of copying. And that can make us vulnerable at times because we need to be sure that we're copying the right behaviour. But right behaviour? Behaviour. Um, so yeah, so I've talked a lot about kind of invisibility really. And I did a big post on LinkedIn about how I feel like we are currently failing 10% of the population, at least 10% of the population because they are dyslexic. And the current education system does not support support them and the reason why it doesn't support them is because it doesn't clearly identify them for two reasons one being there is not a big enough emphasis on dyslexia in initial teacher training courses like it's minimized out which is completely ridiculous when you think that actually at least one in ten if not one in five so 10 to 15 percent of the population are dyslexic like that is a big amount of people so actually there should be more emphasis on dyslexia what it is what it looks like in initial teacher training for me that's one thing that would make a big difference and the second thing that would make a big difference is having a specialist teacher assessor as a compulsory staff member in every school that can advocate can go into classrooms and do observations and know exactly Exactly what it is that they're looking for you know a big bulk of what I do is go into schools and work with Senkos and and do exactly that go well I think that that young you know look at the look at the types of spelling errors that that young person's making their classic dyslexic look at how that young person is is hanging hanging back like you can see dyslexia for sure if you know what you're looking for um so there we go. So, oh my goodness, I've spoken for nearly 12 minutes. I'm supposed to be keeping this to under 10 minutes. And actually, I've got more things on my list to talk to you about, but I will save them for next week. 
Um, I really hope that everybody has a great week and that you're enjoying the podcast. If you're new to the podcast, please do go back and listen to previous episodes. Um, Drop us a follow if you haven't already, because that means that you'll be notified when the next episode goes live. But in the meantime, have a really great week and don't forget to always look on the dyslexic side of life. Ba-dum, 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 ba-dum. Guess what, guys? It's raining again. (laughs) Have a great week. See you later.